The Real Grim Shady, a collection of grim tales, rewritten by Ian Smith. Hansel and Gretel, as told by me. Hard by a great forest dwelt a poor woodcutter, his two children, Hansel and Gretel, and their stepmother, a wicked woman, being a fan of the musical Wicked. And of course, several cats. They had little to eat, pray, or love in their hovel, and when great dearth fell on the land, the woodcutter knew something had to change. Something has to change, Marianne. Perhaps if there was more food instead of less, we wouldn't have this scarcity. George, that's a brilliant theory, but you know the contrarians would never go for it. Well, we have to do something. How are we to feed our poor children when we hardly have enough to feed ourselves and the cats? We could always eat the children. I hear some witches do that. Never! I'd rather eat the cats first. Not my babies! Then what can we do? I'll tell you what, George. Uh, tomorrow morning, we'll take the children into the woods, tell them to count to a hundred, while we hide, and we'll sneak back home while they search for us, and we'll be rid of them once and for all. I will not defile hide-and-seek to sacrifice my children to the wild animals. Perhaps Red Rover somehow. Oh, you fool. Said she. That would never work, and then we must all four die of hunger. Our best course is to leave your kids in the woods, and that's that. And she left him no peace until he consented. George. 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 George, please. George. George, let's leave the kids in the woods. George. George. George, you're not listening. George. George. George! George! Fine! Fine, Marianne. We shall leave the kids in the forest tomorrow to be mauled by beasts and tell people they're staying over at my parents'. Now stop talking over family feud. There was a sex answer, and Steve's making that face. But Hansel and Gretel, not having the comedic palate to appreciate Steve Harvey's mannerisms, heard everything their stepmother had said to their father in the next room over. Oh no! Now all is over for us, Hansel! Don't worry, Gretel. I'll come up with a plan to save us so we can find our way home. But how? All that hide-and-seeking will surely disorient us and waste precious daylight. It will, but if I were to weave a trail of breadcrumbs behind us as we venture into the forest, we could wait until nightfall and follow them home. That's a brilliant theory, but you know the contrarians would never go for it. We don't even know if we'll get pieces of bread. Fine. They get one piece of bread each. But no crust! Hooray! Your plan will work after all, Hansel. After we're abandoned in the woods to die, we can return home like nothing ever happened. Of course, Gretel. Surely father and stepmother wouldn't use the same point twice and will have learned their lesson the first time after they see we've returned. But they didn't learn. And the second time, the woodcutter and his wife abandoned Hansel and Gretel in the forest under the guise of playing a game. Their stepmother gave them a much more stern warning. Now listen here. You broke the rules by leaving the play area last time. But you did first. Enough finger pointing, said she. Finger pointed at her pointed finger, aimed at Gretel. You two are to count to a hundred again. Search for us again. And you're not to come home until we've been found. Is that understood? Maybe. Good, I guess. Now, get counting and cover your eyes this time. It's weird when you're staring. Goodbye, children. I'll miss you. While you seek and be good, count in order. 
And don't look for me in any small caverns. <laughs> oh, Best we leave now. So, same as last time, we wait a few hours and follow the breadcrumbs home? Why, where did these breadcrumbs come from? I don't know. They look like they lead home. They must have been why we've had raccoons. Let's pick all these up. That is why we had raccoons. I saw them following us. How will we get home now? We're even deeper into the forest than last time and have no way of knowing how to get home. Maybe if I make a sacrifice to Slenderman, he'll show me the way. Stop looking at me like that, Guero, and put that rock down. I'll find us the way back. Don't you worry. But Hansel didn't find the way back, and they walked the whole night and next day too, eating their crustless bread and the few berries they found along the way. But suddenly, as they emerged from a thicket, Hansel and Gretel saw before them a house. Oh, Laurie, a house! And not just any house, a gingerbread house! And not just any gingerbread house, a full-scale gingerbread house! And not just any scale, but that of a regular house! Precisely. And it was. For when Hansel and Gretel approached, they saw the walls were made of gingerbread, covered in cake, with windows of clear sugar. There were even full-sized plastic army men frosted to the ground around it to be ironic. We will set to work on that and have a good, well-rounded meal. Sugar's at the top of the food pyramid for a reason, so let's eat as much as we can! I will eat a bit off the roof, and you can eat some of the window. And the two relieved their hunger with sweet treats until a soft voice cried out from the parlor, saying, Nibble, nibble, na, na. Who commits this great faux pas? What? Who the fuck is eating my house? The, the wind, wind, the wind, wind the, the heaven-born wind. What? The wind! It's just the wind! Shut up and leave us alone! Leave the wind alone? Yes! yes! And Hansel and Gretel went back to their nibbling until the front door opened and a woman as old as the hills have eyes came creeping out and looked them up and down. You're not wind! What are you doing? Who brought you here? No one did. We wandered here on our own. Our parents abandoned us in the woods. And they took our bread trail to stop raccoons from going to the house. Oh yes, I deal with a great many raccoons with my gingerbread home. Do come in, gingerbread side, and stay with gingerbread me. I promise no ginger harm shall happen bread to you, and you can stay as long as you desire. That sounds too good to be true. That sounds too good to be true. It does come. And the old woman grabbed the two by the wrist and led them inside, where she set before them a wonderful feast of milk and pancakes, syrup, apples, and D's nuts. Afterward, two little beds were made up with fresh linens for the two children to lay themselves down to sleep and pray the Lord their souls to keep as the old woman watched over them through the window outside. But it was an evil kind of watch, for the old woman was actually an evil witch who lures children to her gingerbread home to kill and eat them. I have them now. They shan't escape. I'll eat the boy first after I fatten his shape. And in the morning, she grabbed Hansel with her shriveled hand and dragged him to the stable, where she locked him in behind a grated door before returning to Gretel. 
Where have you taken Hansel? And for what purpose? Clever of you not to just let that go. I've locked him in the stable to be made fat. And you're going to fetch some water so you can cook something good for him to eat. With what shall I fetch it, dear witch, dear witch? With what shall I fetch it, dear witch? With what? Use the bucket, dear Gretel, dear Gretel, dear Gretel. Use the bucket, dear Gretel, dear Gretel. Use the bucket. But there's a hole in the bucket, dear witch, dear witch. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Wonder Man, save us! Oh, what the hell? Why has my gingerbread house collapsed? Were you two eating more of the walls in the night? Maybe. I thought you were both just getting up to go to the bathroom. That's where I ate the most. You ruined the structural integrity. I can't just bake new walls like before. I'm going to have to get a whole... Gonna have to get a whole team out here. This is going to cost me a fortune. If it makes you feel any better, all the gingerbread I ate is why the toilet's clogged. Stop eating my house! I can't believe you! Now I have to call a plumber too! Oh dear. Hello? Do you do home restorations? <laughs> and does that include eating damage? <laughs> well, this is an emergency. I'm old, so you have to pity me. <laughs> Stop <laughs> that! Speak normal! I'm sorry. We can have somebody out there today in about... Oh no! He's got a chainsaw! He's massacring us! We're in Texas! Well, I hope he wrote down my address because I'm not calling back. And as for your child, without water, we can still make your brother bacon babies in the oven. I've preheated it, but won't you be a dear and creep inside to make sure it's properly heated? But Gretel saw what the witch had in mind and knew she intended to shut the door behind her and cook her. So little Gretel came up with a plan, but it was too complicated to pull off. So she came up with a second simpler plan. I'm afraid I don't know how to get inside. Hansel might know. Perhaps we should get his expertise. Silly goose, said the evil witch. The door is big enough. I can get in myself. See? Oh, that's hot. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? Getting back to why I came here in the first place. Ooh, my feelings away. Ah, there we go. No more abandonment issues. And now to free Hansel and return home somehow. Gretel ran like lightning to free Hansel from his cell, leaving the evil witch to burn and die, but realized she had to go back to the witch's burnt carcass and retrieve the key. Thank you for saving me, Gretel. I'm sure it wasn't too shocking to tuck this key free from the witch's charcoal skin that melted onto it like sort of plastic. And the smell of burnt flesh can't be too troubling. I... Uh, I want to talk about it. The good news is I no longer have an appetite. Father shall be pleased with this. Let's return home and tell him the good news. And so the two children wandered through the woods again for some hours of silent trauma processing before they appeared on the edge of the forest, safe and nearby their father's hovel. Won't father be happy to see us? And surely he and stepmother wouldn't leave us in the woods a third time. So this must be the end of our ordeal. Well, you know what they say. The longer we take to get home, the more time it'll take to get there. So the two children raced home, challenged the results of the race, burst through the door, and threw themselves around their father's neck. Hansel, Gretel, 
Oh, I had not known an hour of happiness since our separation. Where's stepmother? She's dead. Really? How? The original story doesn't say, so no one knows if I did it or not. But if the police come asking, I was out in the woods with you two since Friday. I mean, you two didn't get into any trouble while you were out there, right? Well, I did kill a woman. And we destroyed her house with negligence. We were staying by my parents since Friday. But the good news is, without your stepmother around, there's enough food for us now and the cats, and I don't have to stop gambling after all! Hooray! They rejoiced for several hours, until later that day at the casino on his very next bet, the woodcutter won a large fortune, which he used to flee the country with Hansel and Gretel and change all of their names. Under new identities, the wood planter, Hansley, and Gretli lived out the rest of their days in perfect happiness in the Virgin Isles, having learned the valuable lesson. All gambling losing streaks must come to an end. Rapunzel There once was a man and a woman who lived atop a hill and had long in vain wished for a child. Oh, how I wish we could have a child, just one, with feet and hair and elbows like we've always dreamed. Now, Mary, I keep telling you that's not how having kids works. You can't just wish for them. Then how does it work, Daniel? You seem to be the expert. Show me! At length, the woman hoped that God would grant her desire. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And so he did. One day, the pregnant woman was looking out the window at the back of the house into the garden at the foot of their hill where a rampion, or Rapunzel, flower was growing fresh and green in the garden of an evil enchantress, whose great power was dreaded by the world over. Wife, what's wrong? Oh, how I wish I could have a rampion salad. Just one, with leaves and petals and a light vinaigrette like we've always dreamed. Now, Mary, wait just a minute. You heard the narrator. That's the evil witch's garden. No one dares go in there. It's surrounded by a high wall. It's just a flimsy wooden fence, Daniel. Just step over. My knees hurt. I'm not going in there. You'll just have to make do with regular food. But husband, if I can't eat the rampion from the witch's garden, I shall surely die. Oh, you're being dramatic. I'm not dramatic. I'm hormonal. Now get me that rampion. Not wanting to chance that his wife die in pregnancy like the five before her, the man waited for midnight before venturing out into the dark for the witch's garden below. This darkness is imprisoning me. All I see, absolute horror, I cannot- All this for a salad! After descending the hill in record time, the man clambered over the wall. Ow! Why are there rocks everywhere? and hastily clutched a handful of rampion to take home to his wife. She at once made a salad of it and ate it greedily, rubbing her hands together and going. <laughs> as her eyes darted back and forth, but the next day, the woman craved rampion three times as much as before. Just three rampion salads, Daniel, with leaves and petals and- I know about the vinaigrette. 
I'm not going back out, Mary. Not until we put in stairs on this hill. You see all these cuts and bruises? What I see is a man who wouldn't do anything for his dying, pregnant wife other than grab a shovel. That's cold, Mary. Just like your first five wives. Now get me that rampion! Bitter and heartbroken, the man ventured out again that very night, this time bringing a lantern and cleats, and made his way carefully down the hill and back into the witch's garden. Ow! Damn it. Are there more rocks now? Hey, what are you doing in my garden? <gasps> it's you, the witch! I'm not a witch. Why do people keep saying that? How did you know to wait for me in your garden, sinful sorceress? I could see your light all the way from your house. What are you doing out here? Oh, please, evil enchantress, spare me from your wickedness. I'm not evil. You people just piss me off with the name calling. Your cruelty is known across these lands. Don't make me a part of your infamy. Doesn't make sense. If I was an evil witch, why would I live on a farm at the bottom of a hill? Do you know how much water damage I get when it rains? Please, witch, control thine rage. I only seek Rampion from my preggers wife. My Rapunzel? So that's what happened to it? I wanted that. I pray of you, Necromancer. Just three salads more is all I ask. Then we can be done with this whole business and forget it ever occurred. No. I'm growing it for me. You obviously can't just have it. I see what evil arrangement your twisted mind has conjured. Fine! I agree. You can have our child when it is born in exchange for this rampion now, but I won't be happy. What? No, I don't agree to that. Drop my Rapunzel. Give it. Your devilish nature shines as true as the North Star, bitch. Hey! I said witch. The man returned to his wife with the Rapunzel and a story of how the vile enchantress terrorized him into consenting to the agreement that would rip their family apart. She nodded repeatedly as she ate her salad, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. but missed key information due to loud chewing and giggling and was blindsided by the day of their daughter's birth when her husband insisted on giving the child up to the neighbor. You remember those Rapunzel salads? This is payment. I don't want your baby. Just take her already, you vile wench. And don't name her after the salads as a, as a painful reminder. Rapunzel grew into the most beautiful girl under the Tuscan sun. When she was 12 years old, the wicked enchantress shut her in a tower deep in the forest, which had neither stairs nor chairs but a little window at the top. How she got up there, no one knows. But once there, the nefarious witch need only say, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair to me. Yes, it's me again. Who else would come out here? This isn't the time, Rapunzel. Just do it already. Maybe this attitude is why I couldn't stand living with you anymore. You ever think of that? Stop calling me a witch! And Rapunzel would unfasten her braided tresses for the witch to climb up. After a year or two, let's say two, it came to pass that the king's son was riding through the forest one day when he heard a song, which was so charming, he decided to hold in his poo a bit longer to stand and listen. Rapunzel! Quit singing! We don't have the rights to that! The words are different! It's the same tune! Now, 
Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let your hair down to me. Who are you? Are you my mother witch again? Yes, it's me again. Who else would come out here? Why didn't they put any stairs in this tower? Or chairs? My legs hurt. This isn't the time, Rapunzel. Just do it already. Maybe this attitude is why I couldn't stand living with you anymore. You ever think of that? Make me, witch. Stop calling me a witch. The king's son stood behind a tree and watched Rapunzel let down her braids for the witch to climb. Ow. Ow. I'm almost there. If that is the ladder by which one mounts, I too will try my fortune, said the king's son, unclear of what exactly a ladder was, but getting the gist nonetheless. I shall return when it is dark and repeat the witch's words to make my way into the young girl's window where she will have no way of escape. Hardly anything strange about that. Nothing Roman Polensky wouldn't do. And so he did, for there was hardly anything strange about it at all. All right. It is unmistakably nighttime now. Just listen to those bugs. That's how you know. <clears throat> Rapunzel! Rapunzel! Let down your hair to me. Yes, it's me again. Who else would come out here? This isn't the time. What's that? What? What are you doing? It's the secret phrase for you to let me up. Don't do that. I was sleeping. It's night time. Don't you hear the bugs? I'll, ju I'll just let you up if you keep it down. All right. I'll just climb up this hair ladder of yours and be with you in a minute. Well, you're getting the gist of what a ladder is, but ow! Ow. Yes, sorry, quite Ow, sorry. Damn it! Ow! A quick climb is best, and there we are. Ah, fair maiden, we meet at last. At last? Do I know you? Yes, I heard you singing that unlicensed song before, and I knew then and there I had to meet you. The words were different. It doesn't matter that it was the same tune. All I know is, you may want to sit down for this. There aren't any chairs. Oh, odd. Well, here it goes. I love you. Will you marry me? Me. A now 14-year-old girl, marry an older man I just met after he heard me sing, waited until I was alone in the dead of night, and cornered me in my room? Why, of course I say yes! I'm sure you'll love me more than that evil witch ever will, and assuming that is all I need? There's only one way to find out if you're right. Now come quickly, there's a musk. Air doesn't circulate in here, there's only one window, but I can't leave. I have no way of putting down. Then I shall return tomorrow with a ladder and rescue you. Maybe ask someone what a ladder is. There's no time! In 24 hours I will return. Now hold still. Okay, ow, ow, Ca oh, careful, ow, Easy ow, ow. But the next day, before the king's son returned, Rapunzel let slip when the evil witch came to visit that she was much, much heavier, heavier than, than the king's son. He climbed up and down my hair in a moment last night. What? Last night? What happened last night? Don't overreact, witch. He woke me up from my slumber and we got engaged. There's hardly anything strange about it. Of course there is. A stranger broke into your room. You're a young child. It's nothing Roman Polanski wouldn't do. Don't use Roman Polanski as a standard. I won't let you marry. He loves me more than you. He doesn't know what ladders are, but I can fix him. I can't just send you out there to the desert to keep you safe. I'll have to wait for this prince here to set him straight. Oh, he's not a prince. He's just called the king's son. F*** me. Not even a prince? All right, I'll wait here for the king's son. Jesus Christ. And so she did. 
She waited late into the night until the king's son returned, and there was no longer a reason to wait anymore. I have returned of a ladder! They call it a grappling hook, and the rope is remarkably similar to hair! <clears throat> we should try shampooing it later. Oh, hello, witch. What are you doing here? You cannot- Stop calling me a witch! You cannot marry Rapunzel. I won't have it. And what are you gonna do to stop me? Oh, come on. I'll... I'll use my evil witch powers to turn you into a toad. A frog? Toad. Now go and don't come back. Fine. I'll watch you from the tree line, Rapunzel. You will? No. That's it. I'm following out there to make sure you go. Let's see here. I just hold this rope like hair. That's the idea. This would be wonderful to shampoo. I bet... King's son, are you all right? Yes, but your mother, which doesn't appear to be, uh, I think she's dead. I'm not dead. Did she say something? It sounded like she said something. No, I think I'm gonna go. What? Wait, wait. she was the one bringing me food and water every day since I'm stuck up here. I suppose that falls on you now. Listen, I think we rushed into things. That song's not even that great. I, I think it's better if we're, if we're done. No, but... Rapunzel and the evil enchantress lived out their remaining few days until their deaths from starvation and blunt force trauma, respectively. The king's son went on to earn his princeship through the dunkless Turnier von Schlockens and eventually led his kingdom alongside his trophy wife, Tiffany, for a long time afterwards, happy and content. Which goes to show, never interfere with children and their stalkers. Little Red Riding Hood Once upon a time, there was a little girl who was loved by all who looked at her. The ones who didn't simply looked away. But she was loved most of all by her grandmother, and there was nothing she would not have given to the child. But she stopped herself at giving only a riding hood little in size and made with fine red velvet. One day, the little girl's mother said to her, Come on, little red riding hood. I need you to take something to your ill grandmother. That's not my name, Mom. And wear your little riding hood, the red one she made. She'll be thrilled to sit you in it. I don't want to. I hate wearing that. It's itchy. Too bad. Your entire identity is based on that little red hood for riding. Now, I need you to deliver her this piece of cake and bottle of wine to make her well again. I think she's just an alcoholic going through withdrawal. This could be good for her. She's sick, and this wine will make her well. Now, off with you before it gets too hot. And when you're going, walk nicely and quietly. And don't go off the path, and don't fall and break the bottle. And when you go in, say good morning, and don't peep in every corner before you do. And I know how to do it, Mom. The grandmother lived alone out in the woods, half a league from Red's village, to live in exile for blasphemy. Little Red had ventured the trail to her grandmother's many a time before and set out to make the shade of the forest before the hot midday sun sat high. But upon entering the woods, she was met by a wolf in sheep's clothing. Which is to say no clothing, because sheep don't wear any. Good day, 
Little Red Cap, said the wolf somehow. It's Little Red Riding Hood, and even that's not my name, said Red, unaware of what a wicked creature a wolf was, and therefore not afraid of it in the least. You're not riding anything, but okay, Riding Hood, where are you off to so early? Why, I'm going to see my grandmother. And where does she live? A good quarter of a league farther into the wood. Her house stands under three large oak trees with nut trees just below. Surely you must know it. That describes 80% of the forest, but yeah, I think I know the place. And what have you got in your apron for your grandmother? Cake and wine to stave off the shakes. She's quite ill. I love a cool grandma that be illin'. Does she do kickflips and shit? Not so much anymore. Well, why don't I escort you there to make sure you arrive safely? Stranger danger! Stranger Jesus danger! Christ. Get back! Little Red pulled out a pocket knife and thrust it towards the wolf to quickly and safely establish boundaries. Okay, all right, all right! I'm backing off, relax. I'll just... I'll be over here. In the woods next to the trail. That's fine, but you better not try to entice me over there. Mother gave me clear instructions not to venture from this path, and there's nothing you could think of that would make me. Hmm, said the wolf, or hummed, I guess, onomatopoeia. What a tender young creature and a plump mouthful. She will be a better feast than the old woman. And the cake, I'm sure, is good. I bet it's German chocolate because we're in Germany. <laughs> if I act craftily, I bet I can catch them both. And I think I know just how to do it. The wolf had a loony idea to the tune of ordering an obscure product from the Acme Corporation to help in his plan, but decided a wolf was too similar to a coyote, and there was a more original road to be a runner. Beep beep. Yes, perhaps that could work instead. I'd have to get her off the path for a short time to pull it off, and she said she won't, so I need to be very convincing. He walked for a short time longer next to Red's trail before remarking, Hey, what's it? Little Red walking? Riding Hood? Riding Hood, yes. Hey, have you seen these flowers over here off the path? <laughs> They're really nice. Sorry, you can't leave the trail. Oh, come on. I'm trying my best over here. Just humor me. Nope. Well, what about the birds? There's birds singing. I don't care. Why not? It's nice and you're walking so gravely like you're going to school while everything out here is so merry. No. This is getting absurd. I could be blowing down houses right now. The wolf, on the verge of giving up, nearly came when a final idea presented itself. Do you play Pokemon Go? Yeah. There's a Snorlax over there. Snorlax! I want it, 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 I want it. That should buy me some time. Now onto step two of my plan, where I go to the grandmother's house, kill and eat her, put on her clothing if it looks comfy, and wait for a big red so I can eat her too. The perfect plan. I hope I didn't send her off for too long. I don't want that cake to go bad. The wolf followed the trail toward the grandmother's house and questioned if he was doing things out of order and should just kill and eat little red and her cake now and the grandmother later. But plans are plans, I thought to myself, and he decided he would go the convoluted route to appear more cunning. A short walk later, the wolf found a small cottage among three large oak trees and several nut trees. This must be the place, knocked the wolf. Hello? Hello, who's there? Your granddaughter? Which one? Oh crap, what was her full thing? It's uh, Little Red. 
Walking. Riding. Riding, that's it. Oh, little Red Riding Hood, my only grandchild, come to visit me at last. I hope you brought me something. Yeah, it's a bit entitled, but I guess she did. Yeah, yeah, she did. I, I brought the cake and wine. German chocolate cake, I hope. Obviously. What country do you think this is? Bavaria. God, you're so old. Okay, Grandma, it's fine. Let me in now. Lift the latch. Called out the grandmother. I'm too weak and cannot get up. And with that, the wolf lifted the latch, sprang the door open, went straight into the grandmother's bedroom, and devoured her like Bavarian chocolate cake. Granddaughter? I'm gonna kill and eat ya! Come here! Oh, no! Come here! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, that hurts! Oh, my God! At least chop me up first. This is highly impractical for you to just do it in one go like this. Shut up, come on. This, oh, you're making it weird. God. Oh, come here. Oh, it's so painful. It's really gushy and heat. Why are you doing it? Oh, my goodness. It's fa- oh, you are. This smells so bad. This smells disgusting. <laughs> He then went through her clothing until he did find an outfit that looked comfy and proceeded to lie in the grandmother's bed for Little Red. Little Red Riding Hood, however, had been running about catching pidgeys and zigzagoons in search of a promised Snorlax, but to no avail. That fucker! He must have lied to me to get me in trouble later for wandering off the trail! Oh, Mother will be so disappointed in me! I guess I learned my lesson to never trust a wolf. Right? Narrator? Is this the end of my story and I can have an uneventful visit with my grandmother? All right. Let's go see what this shit's about. Little Red found her way back to the path and continued on to her grandmother's. She was surprised to find, upon arriving, the cottage door standing wide open and cautiously went inside. Hello, grandmother! What was it again I was supposed to say? Good morning! I know it's afternoon now, but are you in? Yes, dearie. I'm right back here. Why don't you drop your guard and come give me a hug? All right, Grandmother. I'll bring the cake and wine I have for you. I know how you love to eat when you're tipsy. And don't worry, I won't look in every corner before I do like last time. Mother told me. Oh, my Grandmother, what big ears you have. The better to hear you with, my child. And what big eyes you have. The better to see you with, my dear. Ugh, and those big hands. It's disgusting. They're so hairy. Well, that I, I think is common when you get older. And your voice. You don't sound the same. Are you okay? Maybe you're misremembering. And you reek. I mean, you were bad before, but you smell like wolf pee now. Are you bathing? Wolf pee is known to treat certain ailments like... And your mouth is so big. Ugh, and there's plaque everywhere. All the better to eat you with. The mouth, not the plaque. And scarcely had this been said, the wolf bound out of bed and swallowed up Little Red and lived happily ever after. Until one day...
that very same day, in fact, and only moments later, a huntsman was passing the house in search of a rumored talking wolf when he decided to peep in the window. I bet I could throw a good scare into whoever lives here. After all, there's no real law yet saying I can't look in people's windows. <laughs> and how could they prove it? No way anyone would believe them when I'm the one with a gun. Let's just take a look in here. Now where are you? What's this? A wolf on a bed? That's hysterically ironic, and I wonder if perhaps this is the talking wolf for which I search. Well, there's no real law yet saying I can't walk into people's homes. And the door is open as well. What luck! There's much any good defense attorney could use. A huntsman crept inside and looked in every corner before finding his way to the bedroom where the wolf was fast asleep. A slow sleep, it seems. Hmm. I have long sought you, talking wolf. Your skin will be mine for the wearing. The huntsman aimed his musket at the wolf, but stopped himself when upon seeing the wolf's stomach wriggling as if something were struggling inside. Hmm, perhaps that is the owner of the house inside the belly of the wolf. If I were to free them, and then scare them by peeping through the window, surely they'd invite me to stay the night. And the huntsman set about searching for scissors, which he found and used to cut open the stomach of the wolf with two snips. He saw a hood, red and little, and with two snips more, could tell it was a hood for riding, and with a final two snips, the little girl tumbled out of the wolf's stomach, alongside what was left of her deceased grandmother's shredded corpse. Ew. Ah, how dark it was inside that wolf. Thank you, Huntsman, for saving me from that talking wolf. So, it is the talking wolf I'm after. What wonderful, unprovoked exposition. I shall be a very rich man once I show everyone I've killed the great talking wolf. Wouldn't you need it to be alive for you to prove it talks? Otherwise, it could just be any wolf? Crap, you're right. Oh well, I can still make something with the skin, I bet. Let me at that body. But in that moment, the wolf's corpse did change. Its snout, paws, tail did rearrange. To take on a new look that's strange from the one that they had known. In the cold daylight, they confirmed by sight that this wolf just might, might have been Raven's Simone. What the hell is going on? I'm sure a commercial will explain it like last time. Well, I'm not taking a person's skin. Was this your house? My grandmother's. And is that her? Yeah. I don't want her skin either. I'm going to ransack the house now. You can't stop me and no one will believe you. There's also no real law yet that says I can't. I don't think you understand the law. Bingo, and that's the secret. Well, what should I do then? What am I, your master of puppets, pulling your strings, twisting your mind, and smashing your dreams? Go home, I don't care, I'm busy. And so Little Red Riding Hood returned home with the cake and wine and told her mother all about the talking wolf, her grandmother's death, and how the huntsman who saved her from Raven Simone before looting the house, to which her mother did not believe a word and punished Little Red for her laziness. The huntsman made off with much of the grandmother's belongings and sold her many precious heirlooms for a quick profit, which grew into a small fortune fast, for which he was able to live off of for the remainder of his days, fulfilled and happy, never forgetting the lesson that talking animals are more valuable alive than dead. But if you do kill one, there's no real law that says you can't steal.
In a world where crime doesn't pay, unless it's organized crime. Hey, boss, it's payday for all the crimes we sorted and organized. Oh, that's right. There you go. And the police are helpless to save their city. Officer, help! That man stole my baby! What do you want me to do? Arrest him? Yes! Get out of here, egghead! One hero will risk nothing but money since his family is dead. My rich parents died when I was a kid. What's the problem, Commissioner? Man, like a bat, thank the four prisons of a great overwatch that you're here. It's this child. He's turning celebrities into animals only for them to turn back when they die. Don't tell me he did that with the clone of Raven Simone. He did. Who is this child? Core Bunker Dunk. One child out for revenge. Well, I'll show them. I'll show them all what happens when someone with a ridiculous name lives under a bridge with a strange man and his magic birthday candle. Will terrorize those who terrorized him. I wish Colin Hanks was a muskrat until he dies. By way of making celebrities turn into animals until they die. Corbunkadunk, are you still playing with that candle? Yeah. <sighs> okay. With time running out, one man must find a way. Man like a bat, we're losing celebrities left and right. Then stop putting turn arrows. No, you need to find this kid and stop him and theoretically the birthday candle he's using to wish for this. Is that, is that the leading theory here? A birthday candle? Of course! to save celebrities from being turned into animals before it's too late. I'm Jennifer Coolidge. Oh no, what's happening? Squawk! Squawk! No one is safe, and there's nowhere to run. This is Morgan Freeman, and I've always figured either get busy dying, or you get busy turning into a goat. <laughs> Coming this Christmas. Ah, oh, you finally found my secret lair under the bridge, man like a bat. It's over, Kabunkadunk. End this madness. You know, madness is a lot like gravity. All it needs is a little light. What does that even mean? I wish man like a bat was a bat until he died. What? No! Get ready for your hearts to melt from the fiery fists of justice. What's happening? Why aren't you changing? Because I am bat! Sir Ian McKellen presents Pelicandle Under the Bridge 2, Blood and Slaughter. You want to know how I got these scars? Nah. In theaters everywhere, December 25th. Rated PG-13 for Brosell and his subtext. Dr. Raymond Pants, Books on Tape on Demand, is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.